Our scripture reading today is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will help shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so I, may, so I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went out on their way, and where the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is God's word. You may not believe what I'm about to tell you, but every word of this story is true. Um, I have always loved looking up at the stars. When I was a boy, at first, the night sky seemed like a piece of black cloth with a million silver beads spilled on it. But when I was old enough to tie my own sash, my father began my education in mapping the heavens. He pointed to the brightest star and said, Jupiter, star of kings. Then, night after night, he, ins he instructed me in the constellations, Pisces, Aries, Gemini, Delphius, just to name a few. He instructed me in learning to read their dance through the heavens, their, their intersections and occlusions, their orbits and oppositions. And he said, son, learn these well, for in these movements is the will of the gods. By the time I was old enough to begin my formal studies, I excelled far beyond my peers. You might be surprised what can be learned from the stars. The seasons of plenty and famine, the stirrings of wars, even the, the rise and fall of empires and kings. But I should probably introduce myself. I am Vashir, chief magi in the court of His Excellency, King of Kings uh, Phraates IV, monarch of the Parthians. You may have heard me called a wise man in a certain story, but I never cared for that title. Uh, the Order of the Magi is an ancient and royal guild. We are high priests, astronomers, scholars, counselors, and kingmakers, second only to the royal monarch himself. My true tale begins four years before the end of the reign of King Phraates. On the night of the fourth month of that year, as the almond trees were just beginning to blossom, 
I ascended to my rooftop observatory, and there it was, Jupiter in its glory, star of the kings rising in conjunction with Saturn, star of Judea to join the Aries constellation. As everyone knows, Aries, the ram, is the sign of the Hebrews. My guild discussed what this could mean. A new powerful king born in Judea of Hebrew blood? We had heard no news of Herod's death. Searching our library, we found an ancient prophecy among the Hebrew writings from the words of Balaam, one of our guild's ancestors, that said, A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. And as we pondered these things, the strangest thing happened. The moon occluded and then revealed Jupiter once more as if we needed a trumpet to announce its meaning. In all our recorded history, we had never seen such an auspicious message in the stars, even for our own Parthian king, may he live forever. Whoever this new king was in the land of Judea, he was ordained for greatness. The king decreed that that myself and a few members of my guild should lead a delegation to show honor and friendship to this rising king, whoever he may be. We consulted our charts and found the worthiest gifts, a quantity of gold, aromatic frankincense, and Arabian myrrh. It was to be a long journey, and so our usual number was reduced. Besides myself and besides three members of our guild, we were afforded only a small entourage made up of One guide, one translator, two animal handlers, a cook, one royal standard bearer, a luggage keeper, and a few other various assorted servants. I know what you're thinking. I thought there were only three of you, you say. Really? Do you think we were about to make a journey of a hundred nights through the rugged Roman Syrian countryside with only three camels and the robes on our backs? We set out in midsummer, as the flax was high and the sun was hot. And I won't bore you with the details of the journey itself. Suffice it to say, our anticipation grew with every stadia we traveled. Well into the rainy season, we passed through northern Galilee and began our long ascent to the mountain city of Jerusalem. I shall always remember cresting the hill and seeing the great golden dome of Herod's temple flickering in the sunlight. Surely an auspicious location for this new king, foretold in the stars. I envisioned our arrival with the city in full regalia and feasting for the birth of their new king. All would marvel at the wisdom of the Magi to discern this new king's birth from afar. However, I was to be greatly surprised. Our reception at the city was not what I had hoped. By the time we made the city gate, of course, word had already spread about this approaching caravan, and a crowd of people had gathered, gawking and whispering to one another. I grant that after our long journey, we were not quite as well-groomed as I would have liked. They were joined by a Roman centurion and several of his troops, The centurion said, state your name and your business here in Jerusalem. I answered in the common Roman tongue, our business? Why, 
Can you not see that we are Parthian magi? We come bearing gifts for the new king of the Jews. Murmurs rippled through the crowd. The centurion eyed us skeptically. And I confess I began began to wonder whether I had made some mistake. Nevertheless, we were escorted through the winding streets to the summit of Mount Zion, as they call it, and into the court of King Herod the Great. Now his palace surpassed even the luxury of our own kings. Polished granite floors, rich purple drapes, paneled cedar walls, golden lampstands. Servants stood at attention, peacocks strutted, harpists played. And King Herod was a frail old man, but not without his proud bearing, as his reputation had suggested. We were introduced, and the royal guard withdrew. Your Majesty, I said with a bow, we hail from the court of your ally, King Phraates IV. We have come seeking the one who has been born King of the Jews. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The king's eyes locked with mine, and I thought I saw something like fear. There was a long silence filled only with the whispering of many servants. Then he laughed and spoke as if to all around him, Has one of my wives given birth to a new son without my knowing? Your excellence, I said timidly, we are magi, experts in the movements of the heavens. Unless we are greatly mistaken, a new king has been born in Judea, one destined for greatness. At these words, Herod's smile vanished. And then, Snapping his fingers, he whispered into the ear of the servant who came to attend him. Very well, he said, turning to us. We Jews take no stock in astrology, but there can be only one king of which you speak. We shall see what our own scriptures say about the birthplace of the Messiah. Soon, uh, several men with long gray beards and black robes and tall square hats filed into the chamber. And surely I I noticed these must be our Jewish counterparts, the most learned teachers and priests of the Hebrew faith. They were attended by younger men carrying boxes of scrolls. Tell me, said Herod to these men, where do the scriptures say the Messiah is to be born? The, The most richly robed of the priests spoke up. O king, the answer you seek was foretold by the prophet Micah. An attendant uh, made to hand him a scroll, but the priest waved it away and continued speaking, the words coming from memory. Thus it is written by the prophet, he said, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a ruler that shall rule my people Israel." There can be no doubt about what the scripture says, Your Majesty, the Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem. My colleagues and I exchanged confused glances. Bethlehem was a place we had never heard of. Herod spoke again, his voice suddenly warmer. Bethlehem is but a two-hour journey south. 
Go there and search carefully for this child, and as soon as you find him, come back and tell me, so that I too may worship him. Dismissed from the palace, we rode back through the city gates, and by now, dusk was falling. Jupiter was clear and bright on the southern horizon. We set out in the direction of Bethlehem. To our wonder and amazement, the closer we got on the road, the star seemed to move as if guiding us on the way. In all my years of stargazing, I, I had never seen anything like this happen. My heart began to beat faster. If only my father were alive to hear this story, I thought. Bethlehem had no wall, no gate, no guard. I can only describe it as a village, not a city. The streets were quiet and still as we entered. However, our animals and the number of our, our company were impossible to uh, go unnoticed. And before long, shutters were opening, lamps were being lit, heads came out of windows and doors to see us. What a strange sight it must have been that night. I laughed to myself at the unlikeliness of it all. To this day, I cannot explain what happened in the stars that night. Even my own prodigious skills in astrology would not have been enough to lead us to the exact home where the king lay. The only way I know how to explain it is that the star guided us as if moved by some divine hand. The home was a small, plain abode with clay brick walls and a crude wooden door. As we dismounted, my servant knocked and we stepped back. After some moments, the door opened partially and a man's face appeared in the shadows. A young man, no older than my own son. He had dark hair and plain Jewish features. And when he saw us clearly, In our royal robes and turbans with our animals and servants, his eyes widened and his mouth opened as if to speak. Then it closed. Then a woman's voice came from within the home in Hebrew, Joseph, who is there? The man Joseph stammered but but found no words. Then the woman who had called out to him appeared next to him in the doorway a young woman also of Hebrew aspect, like the man, clearly his wife. Her mouth fell open slightly, and to my surprise, she laughed. Not, not an impertinent laugh, but a laugh of, of one who has grown used to surprises. She whispered something to her husband, who opened the door wider, then Taking in the full number of our company the first, for the first time, Joseph said as a question, Please come in. Sir, I said in the common tongue, we are many. Our servants may wait outside and go make camp. Only I and my two colleagues will enter. And we stepped in after him into the small dark house. The woman lit a single oil lamp, which combined with the moonlight made it just possible to take in our surroundings. There was a stone floor, a few clay pots, a small cooking area, and a low wooden table. It was a house 
like that of one our own Parth, uh, Parthian tenant farmers might inhabit. It, I felt out of place there, and for the first time, words failed me. Then the woman spoke. You are here to see Jesus, she said. She disappeared into the shadowed corner of the room where there was a bed, and she stooped over and picked up something in her arms, a baby. She cradled and bounced it against her chest as she carried it back into the light. The infant was no more than a few months old. It had dark hair, like his parents, and it sucked on its left thumb. Joseph stood at Mary's side and gazed down at the baby. This is our son, said Mary, Yeshua, Jesus. The baby, Jesus, opened his eyes and slowly stretched out his arms. He turned his head to look at the strangers in his home. His eyes settled on me. Could this be the one the stars foretold? This one whose fame and power Jupiter, Saturn, and Ares had all announced? The one whom the Jews' own prophets had foretold? It must have looked absurd to any onlooker as my colleagues and I knelt down on the floor of that small home before this baby. Yet, what else could be done? This surely was the king. On behalf of Phratis IV, king of the Parthians, I said, and our order of the Magi, we honor you, Jesus, king of the Jews. The baby cooed. We raised our heads and brought forth our gifts more costly than the home which held them. May we present these gifts fitting for a king, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Joseph stammered something in Hebrew and, and collected the gifts from us, setting them on the table. Then Mary laughed again, and I noticed a tear running down her cheek. Please, sirs, said Mary, come sit and have something to eat. She beckoned us to the table and bade us sit, sit around it on cloths covering the floor. She handed Jesus to his father, then went to one of the clay pots and brought out a barley loaf and some dried meats. From another jar, she decanted three cupfuls of wine. Then as Mary rocked Jesus back to sleep, we talked long into the night. I wish I had time to tell you all that passed between us. Sometime, uh, faltering in translation, sometimes we explained who we were and how we had come to find them in that place. Mary and Joseph told us even more strange and wonderful things of prophecies and visiting angels and shepherds. By the time we left the house and went to camp, the morning stars sang out in their glory, Jupiter chief among them. But the strange events were not over. I, in my fitful sleep in that early morning, I had, I had an unsettling dream in which Herod transfigured into a dragon and chased Mary and Jesus to devour them. The meaning of this was clear, and, and so in a few days' time, we began our journey home, making sure to avoid Jerusalem and Herod altogether. And still, friends, my story is not finished. For many years, I marveled at the strange events that the stars foretold. 
I have never returned to Judea, but I have lived long enough to hear stories of Jesus reach my own land. Not long ago, some Judeans have even come to Parthia, announcing what they call the euangelion, the good news about Jesus. And this news is indeed confounding to me. This Jesus never ascended a throne in Judea, and yet his followers call him king and lord. They they give him the title Messiah, God's anointed one. They tell tales of Jesus ruling over the wind and the sea, casting out demons, feeding multitudes. Stranger still, they tell they say he was put to death by the Roman government, by crucifixion, no less. But that he broke the bonds of death and ascended to his throne in the heavens, from which he rules over the whole cosmos. Jesus, Lord of the stars. This Judean messenger of Jesus then told me that I could enter the blessed kingdom of Jesus if I were to confess my sins and be submerged in the waters. And so I sit here, pondering this news and thinking of the baby whom the stars foretold. So that, if you weren't aware, was a first-person narrative, imagining what the story of one of the Magi might have been. Now, As far as I can tell, it's true to history. There really was a Parthian kingdom who had dignitaries that would have visited Judea. There really was a King Phraates IV at that time. The Magi really were as I described them to be. We don't know how many Magi went to Jerusalem. It could have been two. It could have been 50. Um, And we do know that around 6 B.C., sorry, in 6 B.C., Jupiter and Saturn rose in conjunction with Aries, and that those people who studied the movements of the stars, like the Magi, would have found significance, great significance in that phenomena. Now, we don't know if that is what they saw that led them to to Jerusalem, but that is a pretty good theory. Um, And we have to reflect on kind of the, the strangeness of that all. I read recently it would be like someone reading in their horoscope that good things were coming, and so they went to church. (laughs) Right? God spoke to pagan people through their own pagan um, superstitions to lead them to Jesus. Meanwhile, the the ones who should have recognized him, King Herod and the chief priests, uh, sought to kill him instead. So we can learn something about um, God's love and God's, uh, the fact that the gospel is a message for all peoples and God speaks to all peoples. And yet, when he does so, he leads them to Jesus. And we can think about our own response. Are we more like King Herod, holding on to our own power, our own pride and kingdom? Or are we more like um, the Magi? Magi? 